Tell your friends, the Mark and Max Show is back and better than ever. Oh, yeah! LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Max Show, and another glorious day in the neighborhood. Hopefully, uh, you're ready for us because we are certainly not ready for you. Just throwing it out there, okay? <laughs> Just being real, man, you know? Yeah. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. People see us monkey around. Oh, boy. <laughs> the only two monkeys left now are Mickey Dolans and Mike Nesmith. Wow. And Mike never wanted to be a monkey after he left the monkeys, right? But wow. now he's back, and he and Mickey are playing all over the place, including Birmingham not that long ago. Yeah, yeah. I saw pictures. We had friends that were there. Oh, funny. Yeah. They paid way too much money to see Mike and Mickey. You yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> you got half the monkeys. But then yeah. again, the venue was really small, so maybe that's kind of working out. <laughs> well, that's good because with Mike and Mickey, with Mickey, you get half of the hits because he sang on half the you know lead vocals. That's true. Uh, yeah. And, you know, and Mike Nesmith wrote, you know, but he was guaranteed writer credit on certain songs like, you know, listen to the band and other, you know, really bleh songs. Okay. So. Hmm. The best song Mike Nesmith ever wrote was uh, a song that became a hit, not for him, but for the Stone Ponies. Hmm. Different drum. You know, Linda Ronstadt and oh, the yeah, Stone yeah. Ponies? Yeah. Different drum. That was Michael Nesmith's song. He wrote wow. it. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. He actually signed a record deal with Cold Picks, which was owned by Cold Gems, as Michael Blessing. The fact that I know all that off the top of my head this early in the day is just wrong, Mark. It's see, just see, wrong. now you're where I was about 20 seconds ago. <laughs> thinking, Why wow. couldn't there have been chemistry? <laughs> Why couldn't there have been chemistry and biology and math? <laughs> yeah, the only thing I know about math is that the girl that played Winnie Cooper actually is a mathematician and wrote a book about it, you know? <laughs> ah, well. It's the Mark and Mag show, and the ping pong ball is in my head again instead of my brain. <laughs> liferadio.fm the mark and max show and by the way daily download of the podcast available uh, right after we finish up the uh, show usually by what 10 o'clock yeah uh, every day yeah so uh, you can get your podcast of the mark and max show wherever your podcasts are downloaded now amazon and visa have been in the headlines and if you don't read the whole story you might be a little confused mm -hmm. over what's happening i know i was yeah visa and amazon are publicly clashing right now but shoppers in the U.S. don't have to worry that their Visa cards are going to be rejected when they order gifts for the holiday season. This, the brouhaha is over fees Amazon pays to Visa for processing payment transactions in the U.K. Amazon claims those fees are too high and says it'll stop accepting Visa cards on January 19th of 2022. But Americans just skimming headlines might miss the fact that this issue involves Amazon in the U.K. and not in the U.S., for now, anyway, there's been no move by Amazon, at least publicly, to ban Visa cards as a payment method for U.S. shoppers. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, you yeah. go into some places and they won't take certain kind of credit cards. And this is why. Yeah. You know, they won't take American right. Express because the processing right. fees are higher. So Amazon. Usually that's the only, that's what it is. American Express. Exactly. You don't see it for Visa and MasterCard. Right. Yeah. And it's unusual huh. to see Visa as a, as a card somebody's going to balk at because of the fees. I wonder. Yeah. Does that happen with, uh, like, Visa, and I, obviously it's different, you know, for the U.K., but, like, if you're using a Visa debit card, you know, and it's attached to your bank, hmm. you know, is that, I wonder if that also is going to be impacted. I don't you know. know. That's interesting. interesting. Yeah. Okay. Hadn't thought about Something that. to wait and see. Here, yes. I will tell you, man, I, I used to think, and you remember back in the day, there was this movie called Future Shock. Hmm. Um, they showed it to us in junior high, and the only thing any of us really remembered was uh, the gay wedding in it, you know. Hmm. 
because it was like it was done in the early 70s and they were talking about in the future there would be and it showed these two guys getting married in a church yeah. and they're like doing the wizard of oz skip shuffle down the aisle you know yeah, yeah. it was just that's what everybody remembered but right. there was a whole lot in there uh, about being a cashless society and having a card and i remember all of us just dismissing it going that'll never happen well <laughs> now if you stand at the cash register and try to use cash you, people behind you are snickering uh -huh, yeah, yeah. Oh, but great. but not nearly as bad as somebody who breaks out the paper check <laughs> the checkbook oh. oh my gosh and it's always somebody so old they can't hold their arm steady to write on that you know Right. Where do I sign my name? Hey. Not there, Grandma. And they don't dig it out until after everything oh. is all settled, right? Oh, Mark, <laughs> oh. you gone peeling that scab early today, oh, boy. Oh, my goodness. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And, Mark, there was something I meant to tell you this a little while ago, but oh. I forgot. Okay. And it, you know, um... Mark and I have done all kinds of different shows. Mm -hmm. It was an actual choice to be involved with what we're doing now with uh, Christian music and a little bit different take on things. We, you know, we do share current events and things that are happening, uh, but we don't do the political stuff that we have done in the past and right. for various reasons for both of us. But yeah. we touched uh, on it a little bit, but yeah. yeah. And so there's one story though that, that was being shared and it's really interesting. Okay. Because so many people are doing um, like they're doing searches on their family tree. Uh, my uh, brother-in-law did a huge one on LaDonna's family. Uh, on mine, it was really difficult to do because all the branches are so broken. You know, that family tree is just a shrub. It's like found out that my, I found out that my grandfather, who I loved and adored and just it was everything to me, uh, found out he was not my actual biological grandfather. Wow. Found out that he was my mom's stepdad. Okay. Had no idea until I was a grown man. So hmm. anyway. Judy Wallman Biden, uh, okay. a professional genealogy researcher in South Dakota, was doing some personal work on her own family tree. She discovered that President Joe Biden's great-great-uncle, Remus Biden, was hanged for horse-stealing and train robbery in Texas in 1889. Really? <laughs> Both Judy and President Biden shared this one common ancestor, okay? <laughs> now, the only known photograph of Remus shows him standing on the gallows in Galveston, Texas, on the back of the picture that Judy obtained during her research uh, is an inscription. It says, Remus Biden, horse thief, sent to Galveston State <laughs> Prison, 1885, escaped, 1887, robbed the Galveston and Southern Flyer six times, caught by Texas Rangers detectives, convicted and hanged in 1889. Ooh. It's all right there, and there's a picture uh, that accompanies this article, okay? Mm. And I looked at it, sure enough, Remus Biden. Wow. So Judy emails the president for information about their great-great-uncle, okay? And a couple of days later, President Biden's staff sent back a response for her new book, okay? And this mm -hmm. is what it says about Remus. Remus Biden was a famous cowboy in Texas in the 1880s. His business empire grew to include acquisition of valuable equestrian assets and intimate dealings with the Galveston and Southern Railroad. Beginning in 1885, he devoted several years of his life to government service, finally taking leave to resume his dealings with the railroad. In 1887, he was a key player in a vital investigation run by the renowned Texas Rangers. In 1889, Remus passed away suddenly during an important civic function held in his honor when the platform upon which he was standing <laughs> collapsed. <laughs> That's funny. That 
is what is called political spin. Yeah, okay, that's funny. <laughs> liferadio.fm the mark and max show mark a little while ago when i was you know we did the biden thing yeah yeah uh, remus biden okay just to be clear and i, I i'm gonna assume most of y'all know i'm just poking around okay yes. it's a story that is circulating right. um all over mostly on facebook with older people but you know um and it's just a joke i mean it's, it's gag, not yeah yeah i mean it's <laughs> You're if you re, and by the way, this is one of those ones where people are going to share it as real, mm-hmm. and it's not. It would be called fake news, right? And it just reminded, but it's funny to me. It's just funny because that actually is. It's just an example of political spin. That's all. Yeah, it's just kind of funny that they have this picture of a dude being hanged and everything. I mean, uh-huh. and we can laugh at it all these years later. <laughs> I bet his real family isn't laughing about it. They're probably going to file a lawsuit now. <laughs> you know, Mis- misappropriation of a picture or something. But I don't know. It's That's just, funny. it reminds me of the Hillary Clinton, you know. Oh, the, yeah. Cabbage uh, feet. Yeah. 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 And she stank and all mm-hmm. that. But it's just a joke. But yeah. I thought it was funny. And I shared it because <laughs> it just, I shared it with you just for that reason. So, <laughs> yep. Now, there's another story that I thought was fake when I saw it, Mark. Yeah. Um, and it reminded me of a WC Fields movie back in the, you know, the bank dick yes. where there would be a river of beer. Uh-huh. And yeah. it's like there is a river in Hawaii that smells like and now has been discovered to be an alcoholic river yeah this does it does sound one of those like one of those it does it sounds like this is like okay so for those of us who had to retire our livers before they retired (laughs) us is this like our home is this like where we go to (laughs) that's fun i promise this doesn't come from the weekly world news okay okay (laughs) is this the church of dave is what i'm after i i'm just trying to figure out Well, there are residents of a town in Hawaii who have alerted authorities to a river that allegedly smelled like beer. They were Mm. right, it turns out. The stream, which flows into a creek in uh, Waipio, Hawaii, uh, on the island of Oahu, was smelling so alcoholic that one resident said you would think it was a beer pub that hadn't opened its doors for three or four days. An independent laboratory found that almost 1.2% of the water was alcoholic. And all mm. an almost and well and almost point four percent of the water was sugar, an oh. ingredient for beer. Huh. The idea the or the area around Diamond Head is fairly industrial and home to a number of businesses, such as Paradise Beverages, which makes beer sold under various labels. The company said it was unsure what was causing the alcoholic spillage, although <laughs> Hawaii's Departments of Health and Transportation later confirmed what was at fault. Alcohol in containment uh, in contaminated runoff water from a pipe not far from an interstate. The stream is on the opposite side of the interstate and flowed down into a creek with a drop of about a hundred feet. So uh-huh. <laughs> it's not natural. No, it's not. It's runoff from a place called Paradise Beverages. Wow. <laughs> you know, Mark, there was a moment there where I was thinking there are AA groups all over this world that are saying, you know, time for the pilgrimage. You've heard of the whaling wall. Here uh-huh. we go. You Back wouldn't believe the- it, man. Even the fish are great there. Life FM. It's the Mark and Mac show. And you know, we Mark the holidays are upon us, dude. Yeah, they are kids out of school all week this week. Wow. It's, I think it's kind of neat, you know? Yeah. I'm not one of those people who gets frustrated when schools close down for various things. You know, I think it's, I just remember what it was like being a kid yeah, and having that time off and 
it was always so exciting. Mm-hmm. And I know it, I know that's kind of inconvenient for, you know, if you, if you yeah. get parents that are working full time, then that puts you in a bit of a, you know, it kind of, it's kind of a snag yeah. if you don't have relatives or something and you're ending up paying for, you know, them to be someplace if they're that young. Yeah. But the thing is still no school. I know. Woo-hoo! <laughs> and you know, it's funny because that's just the way we've always been yes. in the family. And I don't know. I, I think it's neat. So uh, with the kids being out all, and I always wondered about Thanksgiving because, you know, they, uh, they would always, they being the, I don't know who the, I guess it's you and I are the, they now mm-hmm. because we're the people on the radio talking about, you know, different things. So when somebody says, well, I heard they said, well, you and I are oh, they Mark. Oh, yeah. But the <laughs> wow, actual, that's scary. It, I know. <laughs> and we have been, they are adult lives. That's we true. are the, they, <laughs> but you know, they always talk about how, you know, this is the, the biggest travel day, you know, the day before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how is that even possible? Because so many of us, you know, uh, back when we were growing up, we only got, we didn't get out of school on Wednesday. We, you right. know, we were out Thursday, Friday, but anyway, I've always wondered why Thanksgiving was the biggest travel time, you know? Mm. And I guess it's because, all right, I want to be with my family, but I don't want to waste a really good holiday. Yeah. So I'll just do one where we eat a bunch <laughs> of food, watch some football or whatever, but I ain't burning Christmas on these people, you know? <laughs> it works about, it's about the same for us though. Thanksgiving, Christmas, they're, right. they're almost identical, except at Thanksgiving, there's no Christmas tree in the corner, you know, <laughs> because it's all about food really, you know, yeah. <laughs> we have a big meal we all get together and eat too much and, yeah. and that's, and then fall asleep on various pieces of furniture around the house. It's, wow. it's kind of what Christmas and Thanksgiving are around our place, <laughs> man. See, that's the beauty of having little nippy dogs. Nobody wants to come to my house. <laughs> you know, well, we're not at our house. No, we're going, yeah. <laughs> we have the one little yappy dog, yeah. but no, nobody, we did that. I think we did that one year and it's never happened again. Ooh. And, um, Tells you something, doesn't it? I'm not sure. I, I think part of it is that, uh, Jane's sister, Jenny, she is a cooking monster. You know, mm. she just, she, I, I think she's so you're probably saying your sister-in-law is a monster. No, are we going to talk she, about her size? Can we talk about that too? As long as no, we're here? No. <laughs> she's probably cooking today, you know, uh, Jenny, <laughs> she's probably cooking right now Run, Forrest, run! <laughs> because she's, and she'll, she'll just probably warm a few things up when everybody gets there, but there's so much food. I don't know how she does it. You get to their house and there's just, it's just like the we don't eat really at the at the uh, the kitchen table because it's covered up with plates of food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the buffet. You go by and uh, load up there, and then you go find a chair to sit in somewhere else in the house. <laughs> mm. She's probably already working on that right now. Mm. And I'm yeah. hungry. She, yeah, oh, oh, <laughs> man, I'm just think, well, I just started thinking about it. The dressing and all the other stuff. Yeah, yeah. I need a moment. <laughs> liferadio.fm the mark and mac show and of course we always thank you for joining us and try to remember to ask you to share it with a friend there are many many ways uh to listen to all kinds of things but the only thing you really need to remember is liferadio.fm everything else yeah don't (laughs) don't don't worry about it mark um when i saw this headline that you sent okay Mm, yeah winds whip up volcanic ash from 1912 eruption in alaska yeah is is it 1912 for real or is it 2012 and you just missed no it's 1912 i saw the same thing and i thought 109 years ago yeah okay volcano scientists issued an alert last week warning that a cloud of ash from an eruption more than a century ago was headed towards alaska's kodiak island 
How the, is that even possible? Well, the ash is from the powerful 1912 eruption in of Novarupta, a volcano on the Alaskan Peninsula that dropped volcanic ash that's still visible today. Strong northwesterly winds in the vicinity of uh, Katmai National Park and Preserve and Valley of 10,000 Smokes on Wednesday kicked up the loose volcanic uh, volcanic ash. The Novarupta eruption was the most powerful of the 20th century and ranks among the largest in recorded history. The ash was deposited in what is now known as the Valley of 10,000 Smokes, depositing about 600 feet of ash in some places. High winds and dry snow-free conditions will produce these ash clouds intermittently. Wow. So it's 600-foot deep piles of ash in this place called the Valley of 10,000 Smokes, the world's largest ashtray. And uh, the big winds come along and blow it up every now and then. And this time it's heading towards uh, Kodiak Island in Alaska. Wow. Yeah. I, that's just amazing. I, that is just not something I would have ever considered as being real. No. Wow. This is what we get for living in houses around cities. We don't understand how the world really works. (laughs) (laughs) What? liferadio.fm it is the mark and mac show and a uh, glorious week as we uh, head through thanksgiving week and all that um uh, mark I, there was something that kind of crossed my mind yesterday i thought i gotta ask mark um is there um an artist a musical artist that you have that you're a fan of that you think i might not be aware of like for example i love johnny cash mm. i always have i don't know why but i know that the first couple albums I bought, I bought Abbey Road by the Beatles and I bought uh, Johnny Cash Greatest Hits. Hmm. And I'm talking when I was a kid here. Um, those right. were the first two that I actually bought with my lawnmower money. And nobody I knew liked Johnny Cash. You know, this was not at a time when he was at his peak. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know why, but I've just, for whatever reason, have always dug the man in black. Hmm. But do you have somebody like that? Is there something that you have that I don't know of? that you might be weird or like, are you a slim Whitman fan? I guess is what I'm after. No, I'm okay. not. A, <clears throat> even though he was more popular in Europe than Elvis, I'm not a fan of slim Whitman. What? <laughs> That's are what you, all the commercials used to say. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I more popular in Europe than Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> like the Ginsu knives. That's right. Yeah. They the yodel to, that'll cut through everything. He's the guy you never heard of in your entire life, except for those TV commercials. You know? And and in the movie when Mars attacks. Yes, there exactly. <laughs> but that came after all those yeah. TV commercials. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, the only artist I can think of that you might not even have on your radar is a guitar player uh, named Chad Atkins. Oh, now, come on. I know Chad. You know Chad yeah. Atkins. Oh, okay. my yeah. gosh. Yeah. yeah. So, wow. That's the but you're one. a guitar player, too. But the thing is that that's, that is a, an extremely obscure thing way out of the mainstream. Oh, know? okay. So, because people who, if you know Chad Atkins, you know because he was basically a country legend. And, right. Oh, yeah. And uh, the thing is that he was a guitar player. He could play, he could play anything literally anything and people there were people there are people today who can't play great guitarists who can't play like he played right so and i'm not saying this it's not i just that that was real country no this guy could play anything right and my dad had his albums and as a result i got i developed an appreciation for him and that's one of the reasons i took up a guitar as a kid so uh, 
it was because of Chet Atkins. And and no, I don't play the guitar now. In fact, it was one of those things that I realized that I was just good enough at to play rhythm in the background, and that was about it. And <laughs> you know, I I just I didn't have the the dexterity, the flexibility in my fingers to be able to play the way I really wanted to play. And I eventually. Uh, my wife and I got to be really close friends with a, uh, a student pastor guy and his wife. And I gave his, my guitar to him, just oh. gave it to him here. Use this with wow. your youth group. And he was a guitar oh, player. That's cool. So, okay. Wow. Yeah. I, I just knew there were, like I said, when I found out that, you know, that you and, uh, you know, hanging out with like Stephen Curtis Chapman and, mm. you know, trading guitar riffs and all that. I just wondered, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. Chet Atkins. Okay. <laughs> hanging out with Stephen Curtis Chapman. The only time I ever hung out with Stephen Curtis Chapman was I think on his very first tour ever. And he was more concerned about feeding his face and getting back to Nashville. Than he was of course he was. <laughs> he was just thankful you were taking him out for Mexican food. That wasn't going to be a hefty bag of sandwiches to share with That's his fat right. brothers. Yeah. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Max show. And a uh, quick reminder, LifeRadio.fm. Uh, there's a daily Bible reading right there. Um, it, by the way, it's not just a reading. It actually also has an audio form. So if you're driving and, uh, you know, again, while we would love for you to listen to us all the time, it, we understand if you've got a finite amount of time to listen I, and go with that first, yeah. it'll have a lot more value for you than we will. But uh, if you're looking at doing something to start the new year, you can get a head start on it now. You know, yeah. reading the Bible from cover to cover in one year. Wow. But there won't be a test later. Well, actually, there is. It's called life. <laughs> and that way, uh, when all of your friends get together and say, you know, have you ever read the Bible in one year? You can say, yes, I have. Yes, I have. <laughs> That's the Dave political slogan when I run for office. Yes. Yes, I do. I have. <laughs> yep. <laughs> all right. So, Mark, when uh, I told you a couple of weeks ago that Hannah, you know, was uh, on this recycling kick, you yeah. know, and was talking to us all, just trying to get everybody she knows about recycling. And uh, I noticed that now I've got two garbage bags, basically, you know, mm -hmm. one for garbage and one for garbage light, you know, yeah. recyclable stuff. And uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, man, that if a bag is filled with garbage, that's a garbage bag. Yes. And if a garbage bag is off to the side to be filled with different garbage, and I'm not exactly sure what goes in what. Mm -hmm. They both end up in the same box. And then when the question is, hey, did you take that to the recycling place? Sure. You know? I, uh, yeah. Yeah. That, if that's near the dump, I sure did. The I'm not alone the, in this, Mark. That's out by the curb, right? Yeah. Okay. The green box. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're not alone. A lot, a lot of Americans, more than half of them, uh, have a, a guilt trip. When they don't know what the what item should be recycled, yeah. uh, the survey found that fifty eight percent of these people play the guessing game about four <laughs> about four times a week when they're recycling their trash. Sixty four percent would like more guidance on how to properly sort paper, plastic, and other materials. Mm. That's why seventy two percent feel recycling should be standardized, and seven in ten. 70% believe it's the government's job mm. to do it. Golly gee whiz, Beef. Don't give the government any ideas for no. more programs. Come on. Look, here's the deal. You put two bags in the kitchen, okay? Mm. That's what Hannah did for us. Yeah. Put two bags. One is for recyclables and one is for obvious garbage. When the obvious garbage bag gets full <laughs> and you don't feel like taking it out, you use the recycling bag. <laughs> there you go. Problem solved. The Mark and Mac Show.
LifeRadio.fm, The Mark and Mag Show. You know, a couple of minutes ago, we were talking about recycling. And uh, I remember back in the early 70s, a couple of different, you know, commercials. The one with the Indian, you yeah. know, standing on the side of the road. And right. you got the little teardrop coming down in the trash. That always made me feel guilty. Mm-hmm. And the other one about, you know, dad and his little son and they're sitting by a tree and dad pulls out a cigarette, you know, and little kids going and grabbing the pack, you know, mm-hmm. you know, he, he, fall, I can't remember what the, it was a guilt thing about, you know, being a bad dad and all that. But yeah. meanwhile, it was only two or three years before that, that four out of five doctors say, you know, <laughs> know. this is the best cigarette to smoke, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> How yeah. crazy is that's that? Weird, but yeah. anyway, it just, that's what I think about when I think about the whole, you know, I, we we have fun with talking about recycling or whatever, right? But in reality, we both grew up in the you know, woodsy, the owl era, you know, mm-hmm. of you know doing something for the environment. Yeah. And yeah. I don't like the idea of that island out in the uh, Pacific that's you know in the oh, ocean yeah. where yeah, the fun. trash island. Yes, yeah. yeah. I mean that 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 is despicable. I'm yeah. for real. Don't understand why we can't figure out a better solution to this. Yeah. You know, what bothers me is being guilted about things like that because <clears throat> here in the United States we tend to be. We tend to be pretty aware of things like that. Yeah. For the most part, we are. Right. The, our nation, our country is a lot cleaner, a lot yeah. cleaner than it was back in the 70s, so right. to speak. Yeah. And that, uh, if you go look at that island of trash in the Pacific, mm-hmm. uh, most of it, over, I think it's over 60% of it, is coming from Asia. Right. So the vast majority of that stuff floating around and getting up, you know, sea turtles, nostrils, and things like that, yeah. that's all coming from Asia, not from, right. most of it's coming from Asia, not from the United States. That's, a lot of it. Yeah, a lot of it. <clears throat> but it still bothers me to drive around and see the trash on the side of the road. Oh, yeah. And it, the, uh, you know, yeah. chip bags and, and junk yeah. and, and now masks, face yeah. masks. I see them everywhere now. Oh. And that and the thing is that I knew, and I think probably you probably did too, Dave, that when they said we're gonna, everybody's going to have to start wearing masks, I thought, mm-hmm. yeah, you're going to start seeing them everywhere now. Yeah, people will throw them out. They'll throw them right. out of their car windows and stuff like that. They'll get disgusting and they'll just trash them wherever they want to. Right, and they are. Yeah, they're throwing them out everywhere, or they're right. dropping them and not chasing them off in the breeze or whatever. Hey, I got more in a car, you know. <laughs> you know? And they're not thinking about the fact that they're dirtying everything up. And oh. I kind of equate it equate it to cigarette butts. You know, you see yeah. cigarette butts in every oh. sidewalk crack everywhere. They're they're everywhere, and. They're all down. The, if you stop at a, a stop sign or a traffic light someplace, look along the sides of the road where you're sitting. Yeah. You will <laughs> see. You will see cigarette butts everywhere, and you will see masks now. They're <laughs> everywhere. It's so crazy. are we saying the same people who smoke are the same people wearing those masks all the time? Probably at all the right. same time. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show, and a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Although, you know, we talk about being in Alabama, and, uh, you know, we got really cold last night, meaning we got below freezing for yeah. a few minutes. And, uh, <laughs> boy, you'd have thought the snow was coming, Mark. I'm telling you. All still, the weather guys are like, get the cats inside. You it's know. <laughs> still below freezing right now. Just check the temperature. Yeah, well. Yeah. So. We're indoors. What does it matter? You in, know, In the south, when it hits 30 people yeah. people it's just like they go into semi-panic mode and all the kids start looking for snow yeah just <laughs> is it gonna Especially snow if you have a, no if you have a dad like me where you know a little bit of cloudy and i'm going to the kids hey you know yeah, that's, i think <laughs> i saw a snowflake out there oh my gosh my poor kids <laughs> they're all in therapy you know that i just yes. remember as a kid growing up in california i remember it getting in the 60s one day and we were all dressing up and oh man we don't have a you know you don't have clothing for this you know that's right. it's like yeah. 
Oh my goodness. It's like when my folks come up, when my dad and my stepmother come up to visit from Pensacola, there's enough of a, tif- a temperature difference just from Pensacola to here. Yeah. That they're like, Ooh, can I borrow a blanket? Can I? Yeah. <laughs> Here's your electric blanket. There you mm-hmm. go. Got to go buy Starbucks to get something hot. You know? Oh man. You know, I wondered when we had all these, uh, all the people who uh, were paid to stay at home and, and made more money sitting at home than they did on their real job. I wondered <sighs> how many of these businesses are going to find out they can and will be able to function without having to pay somebody. Mm, Amazon, and, Amazon figured that out. Yep. Yeah. And, and a lot of places like, you know, uh, I remember the McDonald's kiosk, you know, mm-hmm. to order from. Yeah. And, you know, I think I told you this, but uh, it, I was at a, I was out of town and so I was a little out of my comfort zone. I go to McDonald's and I don't know if every other fast food place has this. I don't know, but I went to the counter to order and the person behind the counter is pointing and he won't talk to me, but is pointing and they're pointing me at a kiosk, you know, to go and place my order. This person could not be bothered with me, you know? Right. Yeah. And so I go to this kiosk and I go ahead and I order and I pay for it and everything else. And I'm standing there waiting for them to bring it to me. Mm. And, I, again, there are way too many employees in this place. Yeah. To you know, somebody should have just taken the order. But anyway, they my order was not wrong because well, I put it in there correctly. Yeah. And when it came out, I realized that very few hands touched this, mm. and I'm happy about that. <laughs> Especially looking at those people, you know, it's yeah. like yeah. yikes, man. So, do we have a bathing rule at this McDonald's? Because <laughs> apparently, you know, somebody missed the memo. But I you know, I go ahead. No, I'm just saying you got to wonder, you know, that these jobs can be automated. All of these things, you know, I think I told you there's a way you could make this into a daggone standalone thing Mm. because everything is, you know, cooked in such a way that it's, you know, you don't need but one person to monitor the money. I saw this 10 years ago at Disneyland in California. Yeah. And we walked in someplace and it was an experimental thing. Then we walked uh, like in the world of tomorrow, right? <laughs> no, it was in, it was in one of the, uh, one of the food places. We walked yeah. in to grab a burger for lunch and you couldn't go to the counter in order. You went to the counter to pick up, right? It's the ah. exa- exactly the same scenario you're talking right. about at McDonald's and they had big uh, led panels there and you would run mm-hmm. through the menu options, pick what you wanted and settle everything right there. And then you would go to the counter and they would, you know, they would swipe your card and hand you your food. Wow. And that was 10 years ago. Right. And now it's all over the place. Starbucks and Amazon. I mentioned Amazon a few minutes ago. Uh, they've teamed up on a grab and go store format. Now uh, they're both, uh, let's see, they're Seattle based companies. They opened their first Starbucks pickup with Amazon go location Thursday in New York. Two more New York stores are planned for the next year. The store offers the full Starbucks menu, as well as prepared salads, sandwiches, and snacks from Amazon Go. There is also a lounge area with tables and workspaces there. Customers can order drinks and food using the Starbucks app or shop the Amazon Go section, which automatically tallies items added to a customer's cart so customers don't have to wait in line to check out. So you can wow. you can shop in the, in the store just using your app, and you can make you place your order. They'll call you when it's ready, and you pay for it through the app and everything. Wow, that's crazy. They're doing that actually. Um, the last time we went to Walt Disney World it was about five years ago. They had just introduced something called mobile ordering, mm-hmm. and uh, we used it all the time. Nobody knew about it then, and right. we could we could pull up the app and do more. Say, okay, you want a burger? You don't want this on it? Okay, what? We do the whole nine yards in the app and right. place the order. And you'd get a little notification when your order was ready 
and walk up past everybody else standing in those yeah. long lines and pick your oh, order yeah. up and walk away. Wow. And that was awesome. And now it's all mobile ordering. Right. It's every, except for sit down restaurants, it's all mobile ordering in Disney parks. It's all like that. Love it. I think, yeah. you know, I, I just think that we're at that level now where a lot of people who think they've been getting by with not going back to work and everything, mm-hmm. they're actually waiting themselves out of a job. Yeah, and there's eventually going to be a bad day, you know, mm-hmm. for a lot of folks. Yeah. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Max show and a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Although, you know, we talk about being in Alabama and, uh, you know, we got really cold last night, meaning we got below freezing for yeah. a few minutes. And, uh, <laughs> boy, you'd have thought the snow was coming, Mark. I'm telling you. It's All still, the weather guys are like, get your cats inside. You it's know. <laughs> still below freezing right now. Just check the temperature. Yeah, well. Yeah. So. We're indoors. What does it matter? You in, know. In the south, when it hits 30 people yeah. people it's just like they go into semi-panic mode and all Dude. the kids start looking for snow yeah just is it gonna snow? If you have a, no if you have a dad like me where you know a little bit of cloudy and i'm going to the kids hey you know <laughs> I, think I saw a snowflake out there oh my gosh my poor kids they're all in therapy you know that i just yes. remember as a kid growing up in california i remember it getting in the 60s one day and we were all dressing up and oh man we don't have a you know you don't have clothing for this you know right. it's like yeah. Oh my goodness! It's like when my folks come up, when my dad and my stepmother come up to visit from Pensacola, there's enough of a, tif- a temperature difference just from Pensacola to here yeah. that they're like, "Ooh, can I borrow a blanket? Can I?" Yeah. <laughs> Here's your electric blanket. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got to go buy Starbucks to get some hot. You know? Oh man! You know, I wondered when we had all these, uh, all the people who uh, were paid to stay at home and and made more money sitting at home than they did on their real job. I wondered. <sighs> How many of these businesses are going to find out they can and will be able to function without having to pay somebody? Mm, Amazon Amazon figured that out. Yep. And a lot of places like, you know, uh, I remember the McDonald's kiosk, you know, mm -hmm. to order from. Yeah. And, you know, I think I told you this, but uh, I was at a (laughs) I was out of town. And so I was a little out of my comfort zone. I go to McDonald's and I don't know if every other fast food place has this. I don't know. But I went to the counter to order. And the person behind the counter is pointing at me, won't talk to me, but is pointing. <laughs> and they're pointing me at a kiosk, you know, to go yeah. and place my order. This person could not be bothered with me, you know. Right, yeah. And so I go to this kiosk, and I go ahead and I order, and I pay for it and everything else. And I'm standing there waiting for them to bring it to me. Mm. And, I, again, there are way too many employees in this place. Yeah. You know, somebody should have just taken the order. But anyway, they my order was not wrong because, well, I put it in there correctly. Yeah. And when it came out, I realized that very few hands touched this. Mm. And I'm happy about that. <laughs> Especially looking at those people, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah. yikes, man. So do we have a bathing rule at this McDonald's? Because <laughs> apparently, you know, somebody missed the memo. But I, you know, I go ahead. No, I'm just saying you got to wonder, you know, that these jobs can be automated. All of these things, yeah. you know, I think I told you there's a way you could make this into a daggone standalone thing mm. because everything is, you know, cooked in such a way that it's, you know, you don't need but one person to monitor yeah. the money. Pretty I much. saw this 10 years ago at Disneyland in California. Yeah. And we walked in someplace and it was an experimental thing. Then we Uh, walked in the world of tomorrow, right? No, it was in, it was in one of the, uh, one of the food places. We walked in to grab a burger for lunch and you couldn't go to the counter in order. You went to the counter to pick up, right? It's Ah. exactly the same scenario you're talking about at McDonald's and they had big uh, led panels there and you would 
run mm-hmm. through the menu options, pick what you wanted and settle everything right there. And then you would go to the counter and they would, you know, they would swipe your card and hand you your food. Wow. And that was 10 years ago. Right. And now it's all over the place. Starbucks and Amazon. I mentioned Amazon a few minutes ago. Uh, they've teamed up on a grab and go store format. Now, uh, they're both, uh, let's see, they're Seattle based companies. They opened their first Starbucks pickup with Amazon Go location Thursday in New York. Two more New York stores are planned for the next year. The store offers the full Starbucks menu as well as prepared salads, sandwiches, and snacks from Amazon Go. There is also a lounge area with tables and workspaces there. And customers can order drinks and food using the Starbucks app or shop the Amazon Go section, which automatically tallies items added to a customer's cart so customers don't have to wait in line to check out. So you can wow. you can shop in the in the store just using your app and you mm-hmm. can make you place your order. They'll call you when it's ready and you pay for it through the app and everything. Wow, that's crazy. They're doing that actually um the last time we went to Walt Disney World is about 5 years ago. They had just introduced something called mobile ordering. Mm-hmm. And uh, we used it all the time. Nobody knew about it then. And right. we could we could pull up the app and do more. Say, okay, you want a burger? You don't want this on it? Okay, we do the whole nine yards in the app and right. place the order, and you get a little notification when your order was ready and walk up past everybody else standing in those yeah. long lines and pick your oh, order yeah. up and walk away. Wow. And that was awesome. And now it's all mobile ordering. Right. It's every, except for sit-down restaurants, it's all mobile ordering in Disney parks. It's all like that. Love it. I think, yeah. you know, I, I just think that we're at that level now where a lot of people who think they've been getting by with not going back to work and everything, mm-hmm. they're actually waiting themselves out of a job. Yeah, and there's eventually going to be a bad day, you know, mm-hmm. for a lot of folks. Yeah. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mag show. And uh, you, we don't spend a lot of time on uh, social media like many people in our profession it's just uh we we use it for certain things mark you post things about the uh, the show mm-hmm. you know and uh yeah. and you you know keep that up there about the podcast and things like right. that yeah. but um we're not just there are some people who live their life on facebook okay right and uh it's one of the things that <laughs> a couple of years ago well now it's been what five or six years since uh, big bang theory um i'm trying to remember the year they did this it was probably 2014 or 15 when raj made a comment it was when uh leonard and uh, sheldon and howard were working on the government thing you know the secret uh uh yeah the project uh, the secret yeah. the air force project yeah yes and anyway the uh it was a super secret project and raj was talking about oh i can't wait to you know post this on twitter or whatever about my friends and so you know doing the secret thing for the government and they're like you can't do that raj it's a secret <laughs> you know it's and he's like okay i'll do it on facebook like a caveman you know <laughs> And it just was one of those things that pointed out that, you know, when old people get on something, it's, you know, yeah. it's on the, it's on the down. And right now Facebook is for people really over 40. Everybody yeah. under 40 has moved on to other social media things. Yeah. Pretty seems. much. Yeah. So anyway, now Facebook tests giving more control of newsfeed content to users again, which <laughs> means, which really it's kind of like uh, opposite day in bikini bottom. Okay. It kind of is, isn't it? When they say one thing, they're mm. doing another. Yeah. The Facebook parent company Meta says, <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, said it's testing 
new ways for users to customize the content they see in their news feeds. Uh-huh. The company said in a blog post Thursday that the, the test available uh, the test available to a small percentage of users to start would allow people to adjust their preferences to increase or reduce the amount of content they see from specific friends, family, groups, and pages they're connected with on the platform. Facebook has tweaked the way the newsfeed presents content numerous times in the past several years and seems to keep rethinking what content should be prioritized and why. In 2015, it said it was changing the news feeds to favor content from close friends over that from brands and publishers. In 2016, Facebook said again it would adjust the, its algorithm so posts from friends would get priority over publishers. Then in 2018, the company said it was changing the news feed so posts that might spark back and forth discussion, that is engagement, which is Facebook's bread and butter, should, would be more likely to appear than more yeah. passive content. What they're trying to do is get more information on you and what kind of person you are so they can ban you. You know, it's like, <laughs> or don't or, give them anything or push more ads at you. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just their philosophy is shut down anything that makes sense and go with the liberal crazies. You know, it's mm-hmm. like uh, one of the guys who actually deals with um, the, oh, the truth stuff, uh, you know, the false uh, media, the false, right. yeah. fake news. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually know him. I know his company. Okay. And I've known him for a long time and he is a liberal pinko commie. Okay. Wow. Mm. And when he told me that, you know, he and his company were going to be like the sheriff, you know, uh, and I'm like uh, yeah. a, a Facebook, I was like, really? Um, yeah. I, yeah. I'm just not seeing it. It's kind of like, you know, it was one of those things where it's like, you know, fake news is what it is. Mm. And it started. Yeah. You hate to say it. It started during a political, you know, thing with Hillary Clinton, her campaign, putting out something they knew was fake. And the whole idea was to get conservatives to share it, you know, Mm -hmm. especially conservative Christians to share this piece of nonsense created by Hillary's campaign. Yeah. Back when she was running against Obama. Yeah. yeah, Then then they would then come up and say, see, that's fake. We told you, you know, Mm -hmm. and it would actually cause those in on this side of things to. Uh, have diminished credibility. Right. That was the whole idea. Yeah. Not a bad ploy, actually, but, you know, it backfired because yeah. people were like, really, she does smell like that, you know? <laughs> and so it's just, I don't know, man. It's just this whole, every time Facebook does something, I'm like, you know, you can't trust yeah. anything about them. And by the way, never have you been able to trust them because Zuckerberg no. has continually mm-hmm. uh, pushed every limit that there is. And even when, even in its early stages, they had people fighting, you know, about Facebook intrusion on your privacy Mm -hmm. and they would take two steps forward. They back up, do a half apology and not go two steps back. They just move forward, you know? Yeah. It's just, so I don't, I, I just don't trust anything about it. So be careful what you share. Be careful what you do. Period. Always, you know what? Your best bet is just go through liferadio.fm and the Mark and Max show. Those are about Mm. the only things you can trust. Yeah, pretty much. Everything else is a lie. And now that you trust us, I'd like to talk with you about buying a bridge I have. (laughs) And these knives that will cut through everything. (laughs) And a Slim Whitman collection. (laughs) Liferadio.fm, the Mark and Max show. And Mark, there was a story the other day. And I, I noticed that you actually saw it. And it was about a high school football player. Right, yeah. Who, I mean, I cannot imagine what this kid was going through, you know? Yeah. He just lost his mom, battled yeah. with cancer. And, you know, you see some incredible things happen in sports 
right. after an athlete loses a loved one. You know, they'll, they'll go to all kinds of measures to make a difference in some way that they can. Mm-hmm. One of the latest examples of this comes out of Red Bank Catholic in New Jersey. Alex Brown, he's the quarterback for Red Bank, had just lost his mom to a 14-year battle with breast cancer the day wow. before his big game last Friday So night. basically, this kid, this high schooler, yeah. his mother had breast cancer for the majority of his life. Yes, I've been fighting it for Living with practically that, all of like, his life, yeah. Yeah, he's three or four years old. His mom has always been sick. I, yeah. I mean, my yeah, goodness. Yeah, as a high schooler, there's no telling how a teenager would respond to such a horrible situation. Many would probably not even play the game. But Brown decided to take this opportunity to play for his mom. And needless to say, he went off. He proceeded to score eight touchdowns in a 58-34 win over Morris Catholic. He tweeted after the game, Yesterday, I lost my amazing mother. Today, I scored eight touchdowns. Thank you for watching over me, Mama. liferadio.fm the mark and mac show and you know gonna go right into this and admit that mark and i talk about food a lot on and off the air Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so when it comes to uh grabbing buffet it's one of the things that i know is dangerous for me (laughs) because well i like everything So do so, I. <laughs> so when you see, you know, you've got an all-you-can-eat buffet, yeah. you know there's a guy in the back watching. And uh, at is, some yeah. point, you know, <laughs> that's all you can eat, dude. And that's it. And that happened to a, a guy who's a uh, a live streamer. He, he And his thing, his focus is on Chinese food. He's been blacklisted from a buffet restaurant for eating too much. He, yeah. The man says he was banned from the uh, Handadi Seafood Barbecue Buffet in Changsha City after a series of binges. The man said the restaurant is discriminatory against people who can eat a lot. I eat a lot. Is that a fault? <laughs> he said he didn't waste any of the food, but the restaurant owner said he loses money when the binge eating live streamer shows up. He said even when the he drinks soy milk, he can drink 20 or 30 bottles. Ah. When he eats the pork trotters, he consumes the whole tray of them. And for prawns, usually people use tongs to pick them up. He uses the tray and takes them all. Wow. <laughs> wow. So we actually, I actually have audio of the manager here. Okay. You're going now. Oh. You're here for hour. Why are you here for hour? You will not come here anymore. <laughs> Spare rib, you're so big. <laughs> Eat vegetable. <laughs> Eat broccoli. <laughs> you scare my wife. <laughs> Life Radio FM. It is the Mark and Max show, and you know, a couple of minutes ago, playing that bit from John Panette. <laughs> still one of the funniest things, you know? Yeah, it is. Just, wow, man. I still think that guy, you know, when he actually, uh, but he was a large guy, and a lot of his jokes were funny uh, yeah. based on his size. Right. And when he started losing weight, he started looking unhealthy. He did. And then he died, yeah. you know? 
Like, yeah. Yikes, man. If you can look John Panette up, if you go to YouTube yeah. and just search John Panette, mm-hmm. uh, it, you will find amongst all of the different listings, you'll find his appearances on radio shows because you oh, yeah. go to a town to be in a comedy show, a comedy club. And that the way that works is you go on the local radio shows right. to promote your appearance and you see him in his in his final days, his, in his latest days, mm-hmm. where he is thin, he's yeah. got a lot of loose skin, you yeah. know, and he just doesn't look right. Right. He just doesn't look right. But bless his heart. Mm. Yeah. Nice man. Yeah. And funny. funny. Funny man. I had the privilege of being able to go see him live. And uh, he was at the Comedy Club Stardome. Yeah. And he he just killed. Absolutely <laughs> killed. It was a great night. Wow. Yeah. All right, Mark. There is a place... In Pennsylvania, Freeport, the borough of Freeport. <laughs> and they've had a little bit of a, a cop problem. Yeah, yeah. They're having trouble. Well, they've been having trouble keeping a police chief, for one thing. Yeah. There's the, the, new, chief, the new chief, Matthew Fieldmeyer. He's, 50, he's 58. Just 1,700, resident, 1700 residents in this town. But the new chief's first task was to hire two more officers. By the way, got to add this. They actually put out the thing, hey, we're looking for a new chief of police, yes, they okay? Did. Yes, they did. He was the yeah. only person who applied for the job. That's right. right? Yes. Just throwing that out there. That right. he, he got the job because, by default, he was yeah. the only person who actually applied for it. So <laughs> They hired the only person who applied, yeah. yes. <laughs> now, um, his job yeah. is to hire more people. Yeah, he's okay? trying to bring in more officers, right? The, the department is budgeted for three. I mean, it's a little bit bigger than Mayberry, right? And yeah. that, that includes the chief. <laughs> so uh the next day the borough secretary got to work and found fieldmeyer's badge <laughs> his keys and a handwritten letter of resignation <laughs> mayor james swartz jr says he tried to call to find out the reason but feldmeyer won't take his calls wow it was a fifty-three thousand five hundred dollar a year job but wow. apparently that wasn't nearly enough wow <laughs> what happened i mean i don't know we don't know no we he- don't he, he's the only person that applies for the job. Mm-hmm. He gets there and his first order of business hired two people. Right. And then rather than that, he resigns. And uh-huh. I'm just wondering, I mean, do you like open the desk drawer and there's a picture of Satan in there, you know, with little horns going, ah, I gotcha. You know, he got to work that first morning and found out why nobody else wanted the job. Wow. <laughs> liferadio.fm it is the mark and max show and you know a couple of minutes ago we were talking about uh freeport pennsylvania chief of police job right yeah guy is the only person that applies for the job mm-hmm. <clears throat> he accepts the job and then quits on his first day <laughs> without explanation and i i thought really maybe this is a joke so i thought i'll just see are they looking for a you know a cop yeah up there Sure enough, it's it's listed. I mean, <laughs> they're still advertising yep, for the job. <laughs> still trying to hire. So, hey, if you're looking for a gig, pays fifty grand a year. There yeah. you go. Wow. I I don't know at this point if you actually have to have any kind of experience. You know, <laughs> it could be you got your you know buy a bullet, rent a gun. You know, it could be that. I can see it. A few months from now, you get pulled over in in Freeport, and you end up meeting the chief of police. He's got long hair, tattoos, ring through his nose. <laughs> yeah. <know? laughs> or Paul Blart, mall cop. You know, that's what you got. He's so. chasing you on a Segway. Yeah, <laughs> from the go. mall. Yeah. See, got it solved already, Mark. All right. Um, 
An attorney removes his suspenders and pants, and I'm uh-huh. thinking, is this a descendant of Larry King? You know, <laughs> or wait a minute, oh, wait a minute. If you're in Alabama, James Spann. Thank the you suspenders. very much. Suspending. When you see the suspenders, you know you're in trouble. Yeah. Attorney Jeffrey Pollock was trying to get into a Pittsburgh courthouse to attend a hearing where he was appearing pro bono. He encountered a security guard who, he says, has been nasty to him for years, refusing to wand him down when the metal detector is alert to his suspenders. Mm-hmm. The guard, Pollock says, told him to remove the suspenders or leave. <laughs> so he did. He removed the suspenders, along with what they were holding up. Uh huh. That got him more metal to wear, handcuffs, oh. <laughs> and a disorderly conduct charge. Wow. Well... Hmm. You know, Mark, yes. when somebody says to you, is this the hill you want to die? <laughs> you know, <laughs> is this really, are you really going to get a lot more business this way by showing <laughs> that you can't even negotiate with a, a security guard? You know, you can't even get your way through without getting arrested. Mm. Do you really think people are going to be calling your number to say, I want you to represent me? I'm guessing no. No, I don't think so. LiveRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show. And Mark, earlier today, you were blaming all of the pollution of the world on India, right? Isn't that what it was about? I mean, Asia in general. Yeah, okay. But and you know, 60, 60 something percent of it. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, because India is horrible, right? And they, they, I'm kidding. I'm just making it. But, you know, one of the shows that LaDonna got me hooked on is 90 Day Fiance. Right. The other way. Mm-hmm. And that's where, like, this American woman named Jenna um, has uh, in, fallen in love with a 32 year old dude named Summit. Mm-hmm. Now, when I, this has been going on for years, okay? Jenna is older than Summit's mother, and so the family doesn't want the two of them together. Wow. But Jenna actually gets there, and, you know, Summit has been lying to her. And I'm the very first episode I'm watching with LaDonna, okay? And I said, she, you know, and she thought they were, this is kind of cute, and, you know, sweet. They love each other, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, his family doesn't like him being with this old woman. And LaDonna was kind of, you know, on their side, like, leave him alone, whatever. Anyway. I'm watching. I'm like three minutes into this, right? And I looked at her and said, "Hey, he's married." She goes, oh. "What?" I said, "He's married." I and she goes, "Why? Why? What are you? What are you talking about?" I'm like, "Just the way the man's acting and the things he's doing." I'm telling you, he's married, and he's you know, and sure enough, and you know, in the next episode, found out he in fact was married. Wow. Um, yeah, and he basically got caught okay yeah because this woman fell in love uh you know and and moved to india right well it's been going on for a while so anytime you know you want to know about india you can watch the show and find out a that raj on big bang theory was right there are way too many people b there was actually an episode recently where jenna um didn't want to get a jenny uh well summit's mother and father were against the parabon they're against a future marriage okay between summit and Jenny. So his mom and dad decide, well, we're going to move in with Summit and Jenny. And we're going to, uh, and Summit's mom is like, I'm going to teach her how to be, uh, what's expected of an Indian wife, right? Oh. And Jenny, you know, they have a big dinner. And the next morning, Jenny can't get up because she's sick to her stomach. She has diarrhea. And that's what she's telling them. Mm-hmm. Well, Summit's mom says, so what? Get up. We have diarrhea every day here, you know? <laughs> and it's like, 
I had to rewind it, Mark. I'm like, wait a minute, did she really say that? And I'm like, I'm so I actually put on the thing where you can read what they're saying That's below, right. you know? Yeah, the and it's like, captions. Nah, yes, it's like we have i have diarrhea four or five times every day my it's india that's where we and it's like she's talking about i'm like this sounds like the punchline of a joke but no and anyway so that's Holy what i think moly. about whenever you're talking about india i think about right. raj talking about that uh, and then this woman confirming it so a uh, coal company yes a coal company in india yeah. has done something for one of its employees but they can't seem to stop the diarrhea okay <laughs> The company's called Coal India, and it knows that its greatest asset is its people. The company recently ponied up over $2 million to buy a drug for an employee's young child who has a rare condition. The drug will go to a two-year-old with a rare genetic disorder in which a person can't control muscle movement due to loss of nerve cells in the spinal cord and brainstem. The man management there said it was not possible for an employee to buy such an expensive injection, which has to be imported. So Coal India management has decided to bear the cost. Two million dollars for the child of an employee. Wow. Yeah. Not that that encourages me to move to India. No. But it makes me feel a lot better. Yeah. And also makes you realize how little they pay their people. Oh, you know? man. Wow, two point one million dollars for a drug. Come yeah, on. That's you know, crazy. Doesn't that yeah. Okay, I'm not the only one that thinks that's a little exorbitant for a oh, price. It's just a bit much. Yeah. Begin your day with a smile. The Mark and Mac Show, weekday mornings only on LifeRadio.fm.